Welcome to another episode of Living Scent, a missional podcast where we're talking about how do we live as Jesus followers in this world where we enjoy grace, embody love, and engage culture as we learn how to live scent. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We're excited about our discussion and our conversation. Joining me in the studio today on my left is the one and only Scott Taylor. Hello, Scott. How are you? I am great. I'm doing really good today. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us today. And on my right is Yvonne. How are you, Yvonne? Hello, hello. Just want to let everyone know that we are recording this in the morning. Uh Uh-oh. I I think this is the first time we're recording a podcast in the morning. Are you a morning person? I'm kind of like a mid-morning person. Okay, yeah. okay. well, it's yeah. not quite mid enough yet. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, uh, yeah. I, I love being a morning person, and so yeah. I'm excited about where we're going to go today. Okay. And uh, But as always, the uh, lovely Vicky is Come pushing on. buttons, flipping yep. toggles. We're so glad that she's here as mm-hmm. well. We are continuing in a discussion, actually, mm-hmm. that started last week. Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, where we're going, or where we were last week and where we're going today? Yeah, so we are doing a Star Wars trilogy. That's that's what we're up to. Wow. Three. I hope not. They all nerd build alert. on each other. They all, like, I am a nerd. No, <laughs> Yvonne, I hope not. <laughs> uh, but we're talking about the the idea that is written in the very center of the lobby in Fremont to enjoy grace, to embody love and to engage culture. And what I love is that these things are so connected. It's not three different compartments. It's, mm. it's like one thing of the gospel that transforms us. So there's, there's like this connection between them. So we're doing three in a row, three, in, three in a row. And so three in a row. last week we talked about enjoying grace. What is it that we're talking about today, Yvonne? Today we're talking about the second one, which is embody love embody love and mm-hmm. that is like like so many things that we can sometimes just easily say mm-hmm. it can roll off the tongue and we can use it in sentences and we don't really know what that means mm-hmm. yeah so how would each of you describe mm-hmm. or define the idea of embodying love yeah i love that last week we talked about enjoying grace and we sort of defined both of those words yeah right and that's naturally where i go yeah. I looked up the word embody on the Googs. Okay, what did it say? Yeah. Google. Google is now helping us with our podcast. It says, be an expression of or give a tangible or visible form to an idea, quality, or feeling. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. that sounds like, well, I think I'm also excited to talk about the word embody because it is a normal English word, but in church, you hear different versions of like body a lot, like the body, embody, yeah. and mm. it has kind of become a Christianese term a bit. But mm. also, when I think about embody, I literally think in body, possession. Yeah, you know, and I think possession is usually like this sort of negative, hokey thing, like oh, you're being possessed by something evil. But in this case, it's really to be possessed by the Holy Spirit. Mm. who is part of the triune God. And when you are possessed by the Holy Spirit, it causes you to become like the Spirit, like Jesus, like mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that you're saying too, oh, it might be a little Christianese, mm-hmm. like we're, church speak, you know. But there It's are kind some... of our thing sometimes to uh, develop our own <laughs> yeah. weird yeah. language. Yeah, well, I love that this is actually biblical. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like this is something we want to do. This is actually something we can find in scripture. And when God wanted to give us an illustration of what the church would look like, he uses the idea of a body. 
and that's not accidental. And it's not accidental that we've chosen this term to be the middle part of those three, mm-hmm. engage, embody, and, oh, sorry, enjoy, embody, and engage. Um, and I, I love your definition too, because it talked about something invisible being made clear. Yes. So the invisible part is God loves you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't feel that. Yeah. And embodying is making that tangible, making that f- real. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, it really comes to like, this is the mission of the church. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the struggles of all Christians at some point if not always, is just the struggle of, God, You, I can't see you. Mm-hmm. And so how do I know you're real? And as I continue to just um, walk with the Lord, I'm seeing that he is more tangible than mm-hmm. I could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Just not in the ways that I, like, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to reach out and grab God's arm or hold his hand, mm-hmm. but there are... Um, I guess psychologically or mentally, emotionally, like I can. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is even through the way that God's people embody who he is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, There's, there's so much to the Christian life that is, uh, there's, there's so much of it that is internal where we're reflecting, where we're thinking about something, we're meditating on something. And so it it is, it is a very personal thing or it's very invisible but I love that this this mm-hmm. distinctive or this the second piece of who we want to be as a church mm-hmm. is something, Yvonne, as you said, it's something that's so tangible. Mm-hmm. It's something that you can see and feel yeah. and celebrate. Yeah, and it comes down to the very thing that Jesus did when he came in flesh. He was incarnate. Yeah. God wanted to show the world his love. What does he do? He embodies it in Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, if we're following Jesus, embodying love is a part of what we're going to do. That's what it means to be like Christ. Yeah. And his love was not theoretical or like out there mm-hmm. in space somewhere. He, he came in a body and he touched people and he ate with people and he, they felt his presence. They, he served them. Yeah, um, and what better example of a, or a tangible example than dying on the cross? Mm-hmm. I mean, what better visual mm-hmm. than that? Yeah. yeah, he had to be embodied to yeah. pay for the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not left to the imagination. What does love look like? Because mm-hmm. he defined it and then he showed it. Yeah, the invisible thing was made clear, mm-hmm. was made uh, accessible, uh, tangible. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like the idea of touching. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's really beautiful. Yeah. Tim Keller uses a he 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 calls things crunchy, and I I don't know why Ooh. I don't know why he uses that analogy, uh, but he he'll say that like this this real tangible crunchy love of God, something mm-hmm. that you can actually sink your teeth into. Um, I, I wonder if we can give some clarity to. I think we'll talk more about um, just kind of explaining what that embodying love looks like. Mm-hmm. But can we just back up just a little bit and give some clarity to why embodying love would come after enjoying grace? Mm-hmm. Like, is that order, and I'll even say it like this, is that order important? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important and I think they're connected. Mm-hmm. And the idea of enjoying grace, I think of as fuel. It's the, the grace, the gospel itself is the power, 
that changes everything. That's mm-hmm. Romans one fifteen. Um, it's the the dynamite uh, is the Greek word for power in Romans one fifteen. This is the I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. That word power is actually could be translated like dynamos, and so that transforming grace that we get to enjoy then starts to transform our lives and it's shown by what we do how Mm -hmm. we live what we touch the tangible nature if we just told people go serve like jesus did or or go be be like this tangible expression be really generous but we haven't changed the heart first Mm -hmm. then it it falls into duty it falls into burden you, you might get some action out of people when you call them to serve, but if it's the wrong fuel, yeah. it's not going to be an enduring motive. Yeah. I, I think in what I'm hearing you say, Scott, grace, enjoying grace is the necessary table setter that governs who we are as disciples and children of God, because it's then embodied love becomes then a response of the enjoying of grace. Mm-hmm. Versus if embody love was first, it wouldn't be a response to anything. That means we're the ones that have set the table. Mm-hmm. We are the ones that have initiated this thing. Yeah. But it, we know that that's not true at all. Yeah. Jesus went first in every way. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, we're responding to what he did first, what he modeled first, what mm-hmm. he has given, what his work has done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we start with the wrong thing, it can go really bad. Mm-hmm. Like. Imagine if it wasn't grace as the fuel, but it's earning as the mm-hmm. fuel, and you're telling people now serve, now be the like physical present, like now be generous, all, and whatever whatever thing we would ask people to do, if it's an earning motive, then it leads us like to pride. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did it! I actually helped someone who was poor. I, I went out on street ministry and fed someone. It becomes something where we're earning, right? Or we're buried in shame because we don't do it. Right. So the motive that comes from enjoying grace changes everything. Yeah. And if we did embody love and engage culture without grace starting it, it would go horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about um, just a what it looks like and what it feels like when there's a lack of embodying love. But let's get to, uh, let's get down on earth okay. and yep. answer the question, what does it actually look like? Like if if someone was embodying love, mm-hmm. what would you see them being or doing? Yeah. I think of a hundred examples that I've seen at Resonate. <laughs> I want to be like, oh, this story and this person and look at how they, they did this and how many ways that's happened. But I want to start by just using Jesus as an example. Mm-hmm. And he could not have been clearer than he was in the book of John when he washed the disciples' feet. And they freaked out a little bit because he's like the teacher. He's like the one. And he puts on, he puts on, yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if you're walking around in sandals all day. No, goodness. I don't even like my own foot. I was talking about freaking out because of his humility. And you're talking about freaking out because of smelly toe jam. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But. 
they didn't want like Peter didn't want him to wash his feet. Right. And they were watching their master and their lord put on a towel and wash their feet. He's touching their feet. He's serving them. He's tangible. Like it can't mm-hmm. be more tangible than sort of like squeegeeing out someone's toe, right? <laughs> okay. <Please> stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a great visual. Yeah, and then he he couldn't be clear because he said he stands up and yeah. he says, "I have shown you an example that mm-hmm. you should do what I've done. Mm-hmm. There, I, I, as I think through the gospel accounts, I'm like, how many times does he say, the very thing I just did for you is the very thing that I want you to keep doing to each other? There's not many times he's that clear. Mm-hmm. A lot of times he's sort of like mysterious, but here he's direct. Live like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we just heard in a sermon from Pastor Ryan, uh, his sermon on patience in how Jesus uses compassion and that's putting his heart in someone else and going toward them. Mm. Right. And Jesus demonstrates that uh, so much. Like when he decides to, he perceives and knows Zacchaeus knows exactly what he needs and decides to this person who's sort of like the scourge of his own people he gives him the highest dignity by going and being a guest at his house, yes. which is like just such a high honor thing. Mm-hmm. Or for the leper who has this, who's completely untouchable because of mm-hmm. this like skin disease, yep. he like physically goes and like touches mm-hmm. the leper. Yeah. Like it's such compassion. Like to me, that's, that's totally embodying love. And you just gave two really practical things that still apply today. Mm-hmm. The first is presence mm-hmm. at a meal. We, we can be like Jesus by being present at a meal mm-hmm. with people exactly the way you're talking about there. It's embodying love because you're present physically, eating with someone, mm-hmm. showing acceptance and love and community. And the other was actually serving someone who's sick, touching, being close, being present in their illness. Those are not things that just Jesus did. Those are things that we as a church can mm-hmm. and and really do do today. Yeah. yeah. And Jesus was also a great listener. That was mm. another huge way that he embodied love. So many accounts of him with people involve him asking people questions, things that he already knew the answers to. Mm-hmm. But he wanted, he loved them by allowing them to process and mm-hmm. for them to say things out loud instead of them just having to learn in a single way of like, here comes this like domineering teacher that just tells them what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and it clearly was having effect because if you look at, so Jesus is displaying and embodying perfect love towards his disciples, towards the woman at the well, towards just mm-hmm. a, a innumerable people. And then, so Jesus ascends into heaven, his disciples take over the mission in the book of Acts. And how many times do you read in the book of Acts whether it's specific or, or maybe not so specific, but that they were taking care of each other in such a way that no one had need. I know mm. uh, Luke records Crazy. that. Yeah. Luke records that in, in Acts 2 yeah. and in Acts 4. Like, think about that. That's em- bananas. Embodying love. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that was not... Take up a collection. Well, right? the, the whole idea of, of that kind of charity or even that level of charity mm-hmm. was not a part of... Uh, of of not certainly not Roman culture, mm-hmm. and and I would even you I think you can make an argument even in, within the synagogues to a to an extent. So you have Jesus completely transforming the people mm-hmm. into a way that they were able to embody love to one another, and 
And I love that when we do it today, we're just continuing in a 2000 year tradition. Yeah, radical generosity mm-hmm. is one of the ways that we embody love. In that Acts 2 passage, mm-hmm. it says that they had all things in common. Mm-hmm. And even that thing is so countercultural that when we, when you hear that phrase, oh, I have something in common with someone, you're literally thinking of an interest, a hobby, but in Acts 2, when it says that they had all things in common, it literally was, my water bottle is your water bottle. <laughs> like, all of my resources, time, talent, treasure belongs to you. Mm-hmm. Like, we have all of that in common, not yeah. just that we have, we share the same God, we have the same shoes, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah, so the time, talent, and treasure I, I love, that's so clarifying. <laughs> and just to pause and go, time, are we radically generous with our time? Mm. Is our time for someone else or is our time? And if I think about it, I'm, oh, my, I want my time for me. And when someone has a need, it's even like the phone call or something, you're like, oh, I don't want to pick this up because they're gonna, it's going to take yeah. time. But yet that's embodying love. And, and again, this goes back to the previous question about why is enjoying grace first? Because if I'm going to pick up that phone and meet someone's need or be present and embody love with someone, and I have not thought of how I've received grace or how Jesus has spent his time for me, yeah. if I'm doing it, okay, I should be a good person, so I'll do this, then mm-hmm. I'm only going to do it once, right? Or, you know, maybe twice if yeah. I'm really disciplined. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but if every day I'm going, he loves me, then the overflow of that, I become a kind of person who would spend time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me, let's then kind of um, dig into this. Mm-hmm. Can can a, a disciple of Jesus exist without embodying love? No way. <laughs> Could you say it clearer? <laughs> I don't understand what you mean, Yvonne. What do you really no think? No way. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. Well, that the same sermon you were citing about patience mm-hmm. gives the analogy, the, the parable of the guy who's forgiven ten thousand talents, and yeah. then goes and chokes another person to give him a few dollars. And the question is like, did he really understand what he was forgiven? Mm. And I think Jesus is making clear in that parable: if you understand what you've received. Mm-hmm. You can't live in that selfish way anymore. Something will snap in you. The selfish part of you actually starts breaking by the grace of God. So, um, yeah, if if you are not embodying love, then we have to go back and go, okay, maybe, maybe you've got an earning motive instead of a grace motive. Mm. Totally. And I think the church historically, when we think of, you know, we talk about like world versus religion a lot as a paradigm and the kind of earn it from the religious side is like let me hoard up heaps of knowledge become a knowledge turd and know all the stuff about the bible and be able to say those things but then if you really are someone who's quote-unquote all about the bible you can't escape that the bible says do stuff mm-hmm. it says be like jesus yeah and so uh you you can't be a disciple without doing the things that Jesus did mm-hmm. in response to God's love. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking of MC leaders and mm-hmm. what happens in our MC gatherings and um, just thinking about what are we really doing in our, in our groups? Mm-hmm. 
this is a beautiful part of the DNA that gets lived out there. So we talked about generosity. Mm-hmm. Anytime your group comes together and they're like, let's help this person with something, yeah. you know, that's actually living that, this out. Mm-hmm. Um, and as MC leaders too, anytime we don't ask our MC or we're not holding them accountable or trying to help them see that by being radically generous, they're gonna, they're actually, they're living out the life of Christ. We're not actually shepherding them well. We're not. We're not discipling them well. If we're going to let them be greedy, the, the, what we do with our time, our talent, our treasure, mm-hmm. actually, the the f- joy and freedom that comes from that, we have to call people to that. Um, I think too, just a place to know, be known, and know others. Yeah. Which really, we can say, I think that happens a lot in our MCs. I think we're pretty good at that. Mm -hmm. And even sharing stories and people confessing their sins to each other, that kind of radical acceptance is a part of embodying love. So every time your MCs together and you feel, oh, we actually know each other and I know how to pray for you, or someone confesses a sin and and everyone surrounds them to like care for them, to love them, to help them change, that those moments are embodying love moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Talk to me then about what what happens. What happens to the to the disciple? What happens to the MC? What happens to the church that, um, for whatever reason, is not embodying love? Mm-hmm. What what happens to to those? Yeah, Jonah chapter two verse eight. Uh, the story of Jonah is like, God tells him, go to Nineveh. And Jonah's like, I'm going to go to not Nineveh. <laughs> and he starts running away, gets swallowed by the fish. In the fish, uh, the fish is now t- dragging him back to God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> and he prays a prayer of repentance in the belly of that fish. And his prayer says, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. So I think anytime I hold my money rather than being radically generous with it, anytime I hold my time rather than being radically generous, anytime I'm um, using an earning motive and I'm keeping to myself, what I'm really doing is I'm forfeiting grace. I'm missing out on the joy of seeing God use me in some way and and being free from these idols. And I love it that Jonah is like, he's actually talking about those who cling to worthless Mm -hmm. idols forfeit the grace. So I, I think people in churches that don't embody love, they're actually forfeiting grace. Yeah. yeah. And I think along the same lines, the the grace forfeited too is not just amount, but you totally miss out on how awesome, wonderful, mighty God is. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll just be honest, like, cause we have to talk about the rub of embodying love as well. Like, there are times where I have gone to, um, like, minister to someone. I, okay, I shouldn't say minister. I, when I wanted to go hang out with someone and and just spend time with them, and it's someone that I'm honestly not that excited to hang out with because I'm tired or I don't even know what we have in common, so I'm, like, worried that the conversation is going to be awkward. I've never experienced that. I don't know what that's <laughs> like at all. Continue. Well... Normal people <laughs> have experienced this and and 
I I have even prayed beforehand and asked God to come into this. And so I think I'm coming in with this motive of, okay, I'm responding to God's love. I want to obey him. But as I'm actually talking to the person, I feel it draining me like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I feel how the love that I have to give on my own is not enough. That's right. When I'm not... And so in that desperate moment and we're only 15 minutes deep into this conversation and I'm like okay to be polite I need to be here for at least 20 more yeah at least Mm. if not longer yeah and really just either letting it suck me bone dry Mm -hmm. or in crying out to God as the conversation is happening and and suddenly he gives me like mm-hmm. more more reserve like yeah. i come to the end of myself yeah. yes and so if we never take swings to embody love even at the risk of you having mixed motive because until we are in heaven and completely sanctified we're going to have mixed motive at best it's just a ratio at this point That's of right. like are you trying to earn it or are you receiving grace yeah. Yeah. in responding to that right and so yeah you need to come to the end of yourself through taking swings at trying to embody love yeah yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I just I, I just want to tag on to that because, mm-hmm. in all honesty, I I identify with that <laughs> completely. Yeah, you're a normal person. Yeah, we know. <laughs> um, and but but I think what I thought of is we can easily get into a mode thinking that embodying love is going to be this happy experience and easy and I'm just going to sense God's power (laughs) and joy. Mm -hmm. And there are times, in fact, I would even argue Mm -hmm. that probably, and you can disagree with me, but I have the mic right now, (laughs) that the majority of opportunities, at least, to embody love Mm -hmm. is not fun. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. There doesn't feel good. And it's Mm -hmm awkward and it's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it costs you something Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's like you know sometimes it'll be it costs me something but like oh man but you know what i'm so glad that i could be a part of it and there's other times where we have opportunities to embody love and it costs you something and you're like dang that hurts yeah i am drained i and i won't get i didn't finish that other thing and i missed an opportunity here and there isn't that that Mm -hmm. joyful ending that we want, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yvonne, you said something really profound when you said, uh, come to the end of myself. Mm. And I think it was part of his beautiful design to help us grow as people who need Jesus, that he's going to call you into things where you will come to the end of yourself. Embodying love gospel. What that means is you, this is impossible. You don't have the patience or the kindness. <laughs> you don't have enough love in you to to love the the needs that are around. And so, of course, Jesus would call us to a place where we need Him. Yep. Yeah. And um, that that idea of s- seeing this moment where I can embody love and feeling in my soul like I'm I don't want to do that at all. Like mm-hmm. that's uncomfortable. That's the dying. Or I don't have enough love for this person. Or 
we should anticipate that again and again and again as followers of Jesus because he wants us to live where we're dependent on him. That's right. I have just a story I shared with someone earlier this week was from when I was a young, just starting as a pastor in a church, a very large church. And this is, I'm a hundred years old. So back in the days when they had, <laughs> they had pagers, right? We had a pastoral yes. pager. One, that, four, three. That pager would go off when there was um, um, a, a need, if someone's in the hospital. And I lived in Michigan and it was February, negative 10 out. And the pager goes off at 3 a.m. in the morning. And I'm in bed with my wife and I'm warm. <laughs> and that pager went off and I did not, it's like, I need to go to the hospital was the, the message. And my initial response was not at all. I love this so much. I get to embody love as I drive through the, I have to scrape ice off my windshield and drive to a freezing cold it's hospital. It's the least yeah, I can do. Yeah, no, that was not what I was saying. I was saying things in my mind, but yeah. I, I was not saying that. Uh, but what I, I remember is I was telling, I was complaining to God in the drive and I was asking God, help me love more. And I felt like he was saying, love is actually the going. It's not, it's not the feeling. Mm -hmm. It's actually the going. Yeah. And um, even then, I, I remembered experiencing, like, this is hard. This costs. I don't like this. But even then still, after that step of obedience, I, I, I went home feeling like, oh, God, thank you for letting me pray with that person mm -hmm. in the hospital. I felt like I experienced God's grace because I went. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we always think that Jesus just liked doing everything yeah. that he did. Well, maybe yeah. it was hard for him. Yeah, too. <laughs> I really don't think he liked touching their feet. Yeah, no. I, I just, I just don't. Sorry, I'm a little fixated yeah. on well, that. And I mean, just by the fact that you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm -hmm. he says, "If there's another way, mm -hmm. that's right. Let's do that." Yeah, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no way he liked dying on the cross yeah. and all the torture that went into mm -hmm. that. There's yeah. just no yeah. way. One other aspect of embodying love that we haven't made super clear, mm. but I think is really biblical is our spiritual gifts. Yes. And it comes back to the same idea. We feel like if we exercise our spiritual gifts, it will drain us, deplete us, we'll have less. But I believe, and I found in my experience, when I use the gifts that God's given me, I walk away, even though at the start I'm like, ah, it's going to cost. But at the end, I walk away fuller. Mm. I walk away having um, more in my heart, having experienced God more. And I've heard from almost every MC leader and apprentice, like pretty much every time I have a conversation about is God calling you to be an apprentice? Like the, the number one thing is, I just don't feel like I, I'm qualified. I don't feel like I have enough. Mm -hmm. And the gospel implication is one, of course you don't, because he wants to be That's enough, right. not you. He mm -hmm. wants to be your enough. But the second gospel implication is he designed you. He dreamt of you before creation. He is a masterful creator, and he's given you every natural ability he wants you to have and every spiritual gift that he wants you to have. And the gospel would say, you have 100% of what he wants you to have. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to embody love, he's actually already given you what's sufficient for that. And if you don't have it, then you don't need it. It's like, I can't teach like Pastor Ryan. Well, that's not actually then how I fulfill the will of God for my life. What I need, I have 100% of. 
And so our, our people just really understanding their spiritual gifts mm-hmm. and how to serve one another through the things that he's already given us. We yeah. already have it. That actually reminds me of a previous podcast episode where it was um, Christine and Crystal yeah. on, and Crystal was sharing how bec- it's almost like because the ladies see how she's not fully ready to be an MC leader yet, that when she tries to ask questions, like they they see the need and then they rally around her, mm-hmm. and she sees like Jesus filling in what she can't bring to the table right. through her, yes. her fellow MC ladies. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So clearly then to embody love is to have a tangible effect on the world around us. Mm-hmm. So it means service, it means mission, it means uh, making disciples, all of those things. People will, when we embody love, people feel it. They're mm-hmm. impacted by it. It's, it affects them. So just as an opportunity to... Um, to close our time, I wonder if we could just imagine for a moment as a church, let's, and let's be specific to resonate. Like what, what could we imagine would happen in the next five or 10 years if we as a church really dig into and embrace uh, enjoying grace and embodying love? We'll stop there for a moment, but We'll get into the third distinctive uh, in a further uh, in, in another episode. But what could you imagine would happen? What could you see? What could you dream God do in our church? So there's this really popular Instagram account called Upworthy, hmm. and they probably have other forms too. But I'm sort of like old and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know too much. They might have other accounts as well. But I, I follow their Instagram account. And basically what they show are different, a lot of times just different ways that people are radically loving someone. um, And it's so noteworthy. And why is it so noteworthy? It's because you don't see it happening that much in your life. Like there's a shortage. It's out of the norm. It's a scarcity, yeah. And if the church actually became a collective body together of people who, because of how they've enjoyed grace, are embodying love in, not in some grand way. Like mission isn't like, hey, go to this other country. It's exactly like where you are, although it is going to another country as well. But just exactly where you are, people just doing ordinary acts of kindness and love to the people around them. And that there's like this unlimited nature because they keep coming to the end of their selves and then saying, Jesus, I can't do this without you. I need you. And then doing some more mm. then you, then upworthy would just go out of business <laughs> because it wouldn't be noteworthy anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if the church was living this kind of tangible love, um, I think we we'd have it'd be like we'd run out of room <laughs> in our MCs in our in our services that the the every single human being is thirsty for a place where they're known fully and accepted mm-hmm. every single one and and our our tangible presence with each other and acceptance of each other and serving each other it, it proves this by this uh, the world will know that you're my disciples right that you have this love for one another I think the the world would go. 
I don't like what you're saying about Jesus being the only way, but Mm -hmm. I want to be loved like that. (laughs) I want to experience that. Um, So yeah, loving one another, pursuing reconciliation, using our gifts for the other person, not for ourselves, but Mm -hmm. for the other, for someone else's benefit. And, and just that kind of generosity Mm -hmm. that only comes if Jesus, if, if Jesus has been generous to us, it's the only way that we can find the, the, pouring out of generosity toward others in our mm-hmm. time uh, of our resources. Um, but I think it ultimately is the way that God made humans that we want that we're, yeah. we're looking for that kind of connection with other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And there honestly would, uh, we're, we're dipping into engaged culture a little bit and it should, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because they're all connected. That's right. They're, they're, you can't separate them. But yeah. if we actually embodied love the way that Jesus did, to even just your neighborhood alone. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to think grand scale, then social justice, this yes. concept, yep. I don't think it would disappear entirely, but just the outcry and the need for it yeah. would be so severely reduced. Yeah. Well, if God's people were living that way, mm-hmm. I, I think that's what the kingdom is. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he's bringing. Yep. He's, yeah. he's, he's bringing a day where there will be justice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so what we're longing for now gets fulfilled in the gospel, in, what, in the grace of Jesus and what he's done. Yeah, so, that's right. So yeah, I, and I just love the thought of, oh, wow, we can't separate these. If we're actually embodying love, there might be some people who go, why are you so nice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I want in, mm-hmm. right? And that's, it becomes engaging culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for being here. Thank you for the discussion. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. And thank you so much for joining us, yeah. our audience. And yeah. we look forward to... What are we going to talk about next week? Next week, we're going to be talking about... <laughs> we're going to finish up with our oh, three-week series. The trilogy. Engaging Culture. So we're excited about that conversation. We hope that you will join us in that time. Until then, this is the Living Scent Podcast. Be blessed today. <laughs>